0: what's up y'all it's Kavya. welcome back to the 16th episode of women on the mic today i'm so honored to have kendall Coyne of the u.s women's national ice hockey team to join me today thank you so much kendall for taking the time out of your day to join me
1: no problem thanks for having
0: me also a happy late birthday i noticed it was your birthday a couple days ago
1: Thank you, Kavi. I appreciate it. Yep, get old.
0: (laughs) Obviously, it's fun. You didn't imagine having your birthday amidst like a global pandemic, but hopefully it was a special day for you.
1: It was, it was. And definitely thinking of all of our frontline workers, our essential workers, and all of those people who are keeping our world safe right now. And, you know, very, very blessed to you know, to be able to stay at home and stay healthy while, you know, there's people out there uh, fighting this disease. So there, that's all I can ask for.
0: Definitely. Um, so I mean, it's really, it's a really different time right now for everyone kind of when all normalcy is just thrown out the window. So what are you doing, you know, both generally and with respect to sport to kind of stay in shape?
1: So yeah I'm very lucky that my husband also plays sports, so yes. him and I definitely have had each other during these times because uh it is challenging to wake up and then go to the basement and we don't have much uh equipment but we we ordered a, a few things we have a, a bike and some dumbbells, and we've been making the most of, of what we have and try and push each other and we're running sprints outside and outside our driveway and you know we we definitely have gotten some looks from the neighbors, but <laughs> uh you know we have to make do with what we have and um, we know we're doing our jobs right now, and our jobs are to stay at home and stay inside, mm-hmm. and that's all. That's really all we can. That's all we can do. But other than that, we've really enjoyed uh, watching other sporting events. I know last month during uh, the stay-at-home order, there were a lot of, uh, you know former games on whether it was the yeah. 2018 gold medal game um you know and just other sporting events obviously the last dance being oh, here in yeah. chicago was even more um exciting to watch uh, every sunday night but we've we've definitely been watching a lot of uh old sporting events on tv um you know staying staying as fit as we can and uh definitely trying to help out in our community where we can through our foundation so we've been volunteering our time at our local uh food pantry and uh just trying to provide help because we we haven't been exposed to the disease and so uh, there's a lot of help out there that's needed so i would encourage everybody if you can and you're able to to try and offer some assistance in in your local areas
0: Definitely, that's amazing. Um, You know, I think you mentioned a good thing about um, like so much of what this kind of pandemic has like made us aware of, you know, how amazing our frontline workers are and, you know, trying to give back to our community. Uh, One thing, you know, I feel like this time has taught me is how much, you know, I took for granted and valued those little interactions with like my volleyball teammates in school and just like those little things with friends, like giving them hugs. And so what is something you've learned like during this time?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I I couldn't agree with you more Kavya for sure, but I think I miss uh my environments and my routines I think as as any athlete would say like routines are so big and they're in their process and and then their preparation for their sport and so uh, I miss being able to you know go through those routines on a regular basis and then in, in terms of the environments I think what I miss the most are the people that I encounter in those environments like you're saying your teammates and you know when I go to the rink I see the same people over and over again that I've been seeing since I was three years old and I miss seeing them and whether you know I, I travel a lot and so whether it was. of the TSA uh, employees that I would, you know, routinely see at the airport, I miss seeing them or that that small conversation with someone, you know, at the airport or or at a coffee shop or whatever it might be. But um, I definitely miss uh, the environments that I would encounter on my daily routines um, as an elite athlete.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, speaking of teammates and team sports, I kind of want to dive into your journey with sports and how you fell in love with hockey. So how did you first get introduced to ice hockey?
1: So I started playing hockey uh, because of my older brother, Kevin, who is three years older than me. And uh, my parents put him in all different sports, being the firstborn in our family. They just wanted him to try everything. And he fell in love with hockey. Uh, so three years later, I came around and um, you know, I was brought to the ring to watch him play and I said i want to do what he does and over 25 years ago uh girls that were in the rink were either doing what i was doing which is watch their brother play hockey or they were finger skating Mm -hmm. and um so my parents said okay we'll let you play too but we're going to sign you up for what all the other girls are doing and that's figure skating and so after a week in figure skates, um, and it's no, it's no disrespect to the sport of figure skating because I absolutely love figure skating. It's one of my favorite winter Olympic sports to watch. And I've met some of the most amazing people, um, through the figure skating world, uh, you know, at the Olympics and such. But I just knew that at that time I wasn't doing what my brother was doing. He was doing something else. And I wanted to do that yeah. and that, that something else was hockey. So that's how I got started in it. And, and after a week in figure skates, I, I, said whatever someone can say at three years old and my parents said okay like I I guess you know we'll sign you up for hockey and um obviously I haven't really looked back since
0: (laughs) yeah I mean obviously um you like you said hockey was not very popular for girls when you began playing so what was that like kind of seeing like not that many girls out on the rink yeah,
1: it you know, it definitely presented challenges as I got older and I became more aware that there really wasn't anyone else that really looked like me or there wasn't any other girls doing what I was doing. And, you know, growing up in school, people would call me names like Tomboy and tell me to go play sports and normal girls play. And, you know, I, I thought, that, you know, those weren't very nice things to say. But at the same time, I knew how much I loved And how much passion I had for the sport of hockey Mm -hmm. and I must say at a young age I was doing other sports I was doing softball baseball basketball track and field Mm -hmm. and hockey so I had all of these different things going on but I knew I loved the game so as much as all these naysayers and people that I didn't really know and people that definitely didn't know me wanted to say that I didn't belong in hockey I knew that I loved it and that's all I needed to, to really tell myself that I did belong and then for me, a big transition in my career, and I was still I was still young, but I met Cami Gernado, who was the captain of the 1998 uh, U.S. Women's Olympic team, and I met her at her hockey camp. And there were over a hundred girls. And at this point, I didn't really see any other girls that played hockey. And I walked in there, and I was just enamored. I was like, "Wait, so all these kids at school that are telling me girls don't play hockey, like they're wrong. Like I want them to all come here and see all of these girls play hockey because they're here. Like they're wrong." And it was just a moment that really. Uh, fueled me and it it really um, you know, holding her gold medal and seeing you know the pinnacle of what the sport has to offer, and that's the Olympic Games. I I, I turned to my parents and I said I want to go to the Olympics. I want to mm. do what she did, and and it changed you know changed my life forever. And my brother, you know, growing up, he still wanted to win the Stanley Cup, but for me, I wanted to win a gold medal. And so, um, you know, there were challenges like being cut from teams because I was a girl, and coaches thinking I would cause problems in the locker room, quote unquote. But at the same time, I, I turned it into well, I need to get better, and I need to get stronger, and I didn't really know it at the time so um but at the same time like I'm sure there's a lot of you know girls and women that enc- that encounter similar experiences and no matter what their field is but I would I would encourage anybody to continue to do what they love and to follow their passion because you know that's where you belong
0: mm-hmm. definitely and I know you said there was like a lot of naysayers whether that be in school or like you know parents of maybe boys that you played with what advice would you give, like, girls, like you said, in any field, you know, I'm sure you've entered a hockey rink and you might have been the only girl there, but what advice would you give girls who are lacking confidence in that situation? And, like, how do you embrace those circumstances?
1: Yeah, I, I would have a few, a, f- a few things that I would say is, you know, always follow your dreams, and I tell everyone that. Always follow your dreams, always believe in yourself, because I think that's the first key to success is always is believing in yourself believing you can accomplish what you set your mind out to you know stay strong and and believe in yourself and then in addition know that there's going to be obstacles in the way there's going to be people who who you know turn you down who tell you you're not good enough but turn that obstacle into motivation and say you know what i'm going to get better i'm going to get stronger and I'm going to overcome this and come out on the on the other end stronger. And I think throughout my career there's been many many obstacles and they are very very challenging. You know, in the moment and in the moment there's times where you do want to collapse and you do want to give up. But you know what at the same time if you continue to follow your dreams, continue to believe in yourself and you continue, you know, to follow your love and your passion for whatever it might be, you know, you're in the right place. You you know yeah. and I think in order to be elite and to be the best at anything, you have to have a burning passion for what you're doing, because I don't think you can you can be elite and not have the passion for what you do, and I think you see that in all you know people who are elite in whatever they do,
0: yeah, I totally agree, like that's like one thing in common between everyone who's like so good and at that level and everything is just how much they love what they do and how much they're passionate about it, which is so true um you're so accomplished on the rink and you've won many medals you know at world championships you won silver in 2014 but I want to talk about those 2018 olympics where you won gold I mean I remember I don't even remember where I was but I just remember being locked in on the tv and watching that shootout that was like freaking so exhilarating um so what was that whole experience like you know going to the olympics and winning that medal
1: uh, it was a tremendous experience, and as you mentioned, 2014, four years prior, you know, having our dreams just dashed after giving up a two-goal lead with three minutes and 36 seconds to go. I mean, you know, you look forward to this game for four years or for a lifetime, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, it was a long time coming, and we had a really challenging process leading up to the Olympic Games where, you know, our coaching staff pushed us, and it was it was, a, it was a definitely a, a mentally draining year. So when we got to the Olympics, it was just – finally we're here and we're going to make the most out of this and i think what was so special about our group is we had a group of you know veteran players who have been to the olympics before but never you know reached the pinnacle of winning a gold medal Mm. and then we had a group of players who never been to the olympics before but then you look at their track record with the u.s women's national team and they've never lost before Mm. you know at the world championship at the international stage and this was their first olympics so i think the combination of our group you know none of us have you know won a gold medal at this level but at the same time we had so much confidence in each other and I think we could look to the left and look to the right and know each player was going to give everything that they had and empty that tank on that night in in, in Korea to to capture that gold medal and there was just so much confidence in the room and you could just feel the energy and I, you know that was a definitely a special team and um, I think when you look at The 20 years in between gold medals a lot of the women who were on that team and on that ice in 2018 you know were impacted and inspired by that 98 team so that was really really special to be a part of and really special to see the impact that it's had on others since the victory
0: definitely and I I think you know not only like that medal had an impact on you know ice hockey players and women um, like women ice hockey players but even like me as a you know volleyball athlete and even just women in general i remember like just seeing that is just so inspiring and it was such a cool moment so that was awesome
1: (laughs) well thank you and i can speak for myself too as someone who watches the olympics uh you know you know religiously every every four years or you know i know we're in an an awkward time right now Mm -hmm. every five years for the summer (laughs) and then we'll go another you know right now whatever i watch the olympic games and i'm inspired every time as well whether it's You know we watch you know Simone Biles or Mm, Katie Ledecky and you know you think of all the incredible athletes so I feel you on that one
0: (laughs) (laughs) um besides like you know the Olympics and all the hardware that you've gotten on the world stage another thing you know I think is so cool about you is how you know you're paving the path for the next generation of female athletes I mean For instance, like, you know, everyone knows about your speed. And I want to talk to you about that all-star game, like, right here in San Jose. Like, I'm right by SAP Center. So, obviously, you know, you competed in that fastest skater event. Because I think, you know, Nathan McKinnon was injured. So, talk to me about what was going through your mind when you found out you'd be the first woman to compete in the all-star skills competition. Yeah, so, it was, uh, it
1: was extremely exciting so i found out four hours before which i don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing so i didn't really have to sleep on it i woke up and went about my day and then four hours before i i got a call from patrick burke from the nhl saying you're gonna be the first woman to compete in the nhl all-star skills competition and i just had to sit on my bed and take a deep breath i called my mom i called my dad i called my husband and my best friend i said you guys might want to watch this tonight uh because You know, the original plan was to be demonstrating a drill, and so that wouldn't have been on TV, so I'm sure my parents would have had it on, but wouldn't have been watching it as intently, because yeah. they, they would probably be looking for me in the camera, you know, just as supportive parents mm-hmm. are, but knowing I wasn't going to be a part of the show, so, um, you know, I know my, my husband quickly looked to see if he could get to San Jose, but from Chicago to there, he would have made it in time, so, um, you know, what was going through my head initially and right away was, okay, take a deep breath you know you have the weight of the sport on your shoulders because if you fall if you stumble if you have a bad run you know the, the narrative changes to I told you so that girls and women don't belong in the sport of hockey and this is something that we fight on a regular basis is proving to the world that we do belong in hockey and that girls can play hockey and and women do play hockey so you know we, we our whole life we just want to be hockey players and we don't want to be women's hockey players just we're hockey players and so I knew that this moment was the opportunity to prove that and you know that was my you know that was my one Moment of okay, like get that out of your head, and and I was able to. And you know what? I just reverted back to what I know, and I've been skating like this since I was three years old. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. And I just told myself, believe in yourself. You know, that's what I always tell everyone. I'm like Kendall, use your own advice. Believe in yourself. <laughs> Enjoy the moment. I took a deep breath when I got to the red line, and the SAP Center erupted—literally erupted—with USA chance. And oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was seriously one of the coolest moments of my entire life. And um, I just—I just remember taking in the moment and just told myself, "Move your legs as fast as they can go. You know what? The, the score will take care of itself. All you can do is skate like you've been skating since you were three years old." And and that's kind of what I told myself. And. I think too, you know, a lot of credit is due to the NHL, the NHLPA And those players because all three of those groups had to approve that moment Mm -hmm. and i think it speaks volumes to the growth of the women's and and girls game because if they didn't believe in that moment they didn't believe that we could seize it like we did i don't think they would have said yes to it because it could have been detrimental to the game Mm -hmm. and so i think a lot of credit is due to the players who came before me and the players that skate alongside me on a regular basis because you know collectively we've put a product on the ice that allowed all of those individuals to say yes to you having that moment go on
0: definitely and I think you know one thing you mentioned is how pretty much the entire the weight of like the entire sport was on your shoulders at that moment but you know yet somehow you remained present so how like what advice would you give whether that be athletes or just you know people in general when they when they're faced with all this like pressure how do you stay present in the moment
1: yeah, I think it's you know again like I know it's redundant but it's it's believing your believing in yourself and you know leaning on those around you. I remember having so many great conversations beforehand and you know it really kept me loose and um, you know relying I had one of my teammates Brianna Decker and the other two women who were there uh, Rebecca Johnson and Renata Fast from Team Canada were were so positive and saying you got this and you know relying on them and leaning on them and I think too you know when you're don't be afraid to to Use, use any resources that you have in any way that, you know, you might be able to get better. Um, but I think uh, to answer your question, I think it's, you know, it's believing in yourself and, and knowing that if if you've prepared for this moment, if you've put in the work, that the things are, things are going to go the way that they should, because I don't think mm-hmm. there's anything that gives me more confidence than my preparation. And while I didn't prepare for the all-star, that's <laughs> skater competition. I've been, I've been playing this game forever and I've been skating like, like I've been skating forever and I do work on my skating and I do work on my strength and I do work on all the things that went into that moment. And I knew in that moment I was ready for it. There was nothing I could do that was going to change the outcome, you know, in that moment. So it's, it's, it's trusting your preparation. And as long as you put in the work, you know, you're going to get the outcome, you know, that you deserve. And trust me, I know things don't always go as planned. I've, I've lost many hockey games and medals and, mm. and, you know, whatever it is getting a bad score, bad grade on a test, but um, you know, it's how do you respond to those adversities and, you know, how do you get better from it? And, you know, you think you put in all that you can and it didn't end up the way you want it to. Well, how do I adjust and adapt to make sure I don't have the same outcome the next time around?
0: Totally. I mean, that mindset is so powerful, like, you know, kind of shifting from, oh, like, crap, that was such a bad outcome from to like, how can I make this better? And how can I, you know, change my preparation to, you know, get to where I want to be, which is so true. Um, I think, you know, another thing about you, which is so inspiring is how involved you are in every facet of the game, whether it be, you know, broadcasting, commentating, and, you know, even being involved in the hockey, in your players association as a board member. So, can you talk to me about, you know, what the PWHPA is and what its mission is?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, the harsh reality for women's hockey players when they graduate college is that you can't make a living playing this game. Um, You know, recently, due to our boycott in 2017 with USA Hockey, uh, there's a group of women's national team players, U- U.S. women's national team players that get paid uh, from USA Hockey. Um, it's still, I wouldn't call it a livable wage, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's definitely greater than anything we've ever had before. So um, we're gonna keep, you know, we're keep fighting for that. But um, other than that, if you're not one of those 20 players or whatever the number is, you know, you you can't make a living playing this game. You must get another job, mm-hmm. and that other job must afford you the opportunity and the time to continue to play hockey at a level if if you want to and so you know with the mission and and the goals of the professional women's hockey players association was last year 200 players collectively said you know what we're tired of this we're done you know we can't keep accepting the fiddle women's hockey we can't just keep accepting and be thankful that we have a place to play uh after college even though you know i can speak to my experience i made a i got paid seven thousand dollars to play professionally and and i was like what am i doing you know with myself i don't want this for the future so i can't want it for myself and so how do we change that and that was the landscape for years this isn't just a one-year thing you talk to players who played you know 15 20 years ago and it's the same story so we came together and said you know what we need to change the landscape of professional women's hockey and we need to fight for that more sustainable league and we know it's not going to happen overnight but we want women to to be able to make a living playing this game at the highest level if they're good enough to do so just like any other professional sport out there and how how are we going to do that we we created dream gap tour last year and the reason for the dream gap tour name was because we're trying to close the gap in which a young boy can grow up which i i lived alongside my brother and i knew exactly what he could grow up and accomplish and, and conquer if he wanted to and what a young girl can grow up and accomplish and and the reality is that you know what yeah a young boy can grow up and if he's good enough he can make a living, you know, in the National Hockey League or, the, you know, the American Hockey League or the East Coast Hockey League, etc. You know, for a girl, you go on, you play college hockey, and then after that, it's, you know, you're basically done. Mm-hmm. And you have to find a job that, you know, that's your main source of income. That's your health insurance that allows you to play hockey. And so it is really challenging. And so our, our mission is to change that and to create a long-term viable solution for women's professional hockey.
0: Yeah, that's so important. I think, you know, one thing you mentioned is how you don't want, you know, what, you know, a bunch of your teammates have experienced for the future. And that's really inspiring because all of you guys want to leave the game better than you found it. So what do you hope, yeah. if, if you could describe and like sum up how you want to leave the game for young women, like what do you hope to see in the future, like of women's hockey?
1: Yeah, I I have a lot of, I have a lot of visions, <laughs> but <laughs> You know, I I just I want a young girl to grow up and know that she has the equal opportunities as as her brother, as her friend that is, you know, a boy playing alongside her on her team. I want her to know that there's a place for her in this game, and there's the growth of girls' hockey has been tremendous. There are so many more opportunities for girls now than than ever before, and those continue to grow, and that's super exciting to see. But those opportunities don't need to continue to halt after you graduate college and right now that's kind of the case and so I don't you know I want a girl to grow up and know that she can make a living playing this game and that her sole you know purpose of going to college isn't to get a job immediately after she Mm -hmm. walks across that stage that isn't something else but you know, hockey, if she's good enough and she wants to play professionally. And I, you know, I look at the WNBA as, as a prime example and as motivation and seeing, just seeing what they accomplished in their eight year CBA agreement this year. And yeah. the, you know, the, The clauses in that contract and what they're accomplishing but you know I look at Sabrina Onescu who you know graduated from Oregon and and she's packing her life up going to the New York Liberty Mm -hmm. I want to see a a franchise I want to see teams I want to see organizations based on merit based on trying to win a championship for women in a women's hockey league not based on convenience not based on you know the opportunity to play because you have another job as a teacher as a dentist as a as a doctor whatever it might be it's it's you know this is your sole purpose and your sole focus and this is your job and i think in in order to be professional in anything you know that that has to be the case so women hockey players aren't able to be professional playing hockey right now due to the landscape and ultimately our product is significantly suffering because you you know right now you're asking a player to work 40 50 hours a week in another profession and then practice a couple times a week and be just as good as that and then get better at hockey and produce and put the best product on the ice that you can and that's nearly impossible that's
0: crazy (laughs) yeah i mean that lifestyle is like super tough the way you mentioned it so i think you know the steps you're taking is so amazing and hopefully you know in the near future we can see that happen oh yeah definitely yeah I mean, I've seen, uh, like, shifting a little bit. I've seen that video on Instagram of you squatting with your husband who's, like, an <laughs> offensive guard for the Panthers. So, clearly, I mean, you're so strong physically. But how has hockey shaped you, you know, off the court with respect to the mental side of things, like mental strength?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, too, like, growing up, I'm, I'm a little undersized of a player. So, I've always heard, oh, you're too small. And so, I, I always – I look, I focus on two things and I think this is, this is relatable to anybody, but I think there's two things you can control and it's your attitude and your effort. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that's something I focus on every day. And so I know that I can put the best effort I can into my preparation. And like I said before, that leads to my confidence and that leads to my mental preparation in everything I do for, you know, for hockey and, and for life as well. And I think if you wake up every day with, with a purpose and, you know, with the goal of being the best version of yourself and putting the work in in whatever you're, you're trying to accomplish and you're focusing on the details and you're not cutting any corners. You can accomplish anything. And, you know, it's funny you're up the video of, of <laughs> you know, me squatting my husband, but he, you know, he, he was seriously asking me if he could use me as a weight because we didn't have dumbbells that went up to my body That's weight. Awesome. And I said, yeah, no, I said, yeah, no problem. And then he put me down. I said, okay, my turn. And he looks at me, he goes, seriously. And I go, yes, <laughs> I'm serious. He was, okay. Like, it is just, that. you know, that the way that we challenge each, each yeah. other, you know, and, it's just, you know, not, not setting, you know, not setting a limit, not setting mm-hmm. a boundary and continue to break barriers and, and open up doors. And I think sometimes when, when you're the first of something, like I was at the NHL All-Star Skills Competition, not only is it is it, you know, stressful to be first of something, but it's also extremely exciting because by being the first, you're creating the opportunity for the next. Yeah. And I think that's what's so exciting about, you know, the things that we're trying to create in women's hockey.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, before I conclude, I'm—I know I've asked you kind of like a little more serious questions, but just a little fun question: Are you—are you watching any good like TV shows or movies right now that you'd recommend?
1: Ooh, TV shows or movie? I've been—I've
0: uh, been reading a lot of books. Ooh, okay.
1: Not um, a lot of big TV. Like, I'm trying to think. We watched The Last Dance. Yeah. Um, yeah that yeah. was amazing. So that ended. Was so good. Um, I'm trying to think. Not really. We've just been watching old sporting events, and we've you know, we love watching any sporting events. Yeah. So we I love, love watching, watching those
0: like Olympic reruns, like any event, just watching that. It's just crazy amount of talent that so yeah. many athletes have. It's crazy.
1: But I, I love watching, or I love reading about other athletes' stories and oh, their autobiographies yeah. and memoirs. And I've read, you know, I've read Simone Biles, Abby Wambach, you know, Ronda Rousey's mm. in the last like couple weeks. And I'm currently reading the book Tribe right now. And so, yeah, I, I I'm kind of reading a lot of books. Cause I usually don't have time um, to read leisurely, so yeah. I've been really enjoying
0: that. <laughs> yeah, definitely same. Because like for school, you read a lot of books, you know, just for the classes. But now, you know, I'm getting a chance to read for fun too, which is kind of nice. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um. So oh, the other one
1: I read too. I read Becoming. But oh, read that by
0: twice. Michelle Obama. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing.
1: And, and I just I just
0: watched the like documentary thing on Netflix. It was pretty good. But she's yes, amazing. I did watch that
1: too. Yeah. I watched that as well. Yeah, she's I was amazing. It came out like two weeks ago and I was like, I can't wait to
0: sit <laughs> down and watch that. So, agree. Um, so, the last question I want to ask you. Firstly, thank you for taking the time today. It was so awesome talking to you. And I'm so like inspired by everything you've done and are, and are continuing to doing for your sport. So, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. And I think for anyone that's listening, I think it's, you know, you're an inspiration to them as well. And how you you reached out to me, and I'm, I'm very honored to be on your podcast. And I hope it continues to grow and you continue to, you know, to follow your dreams and, and, you know, and continue to engage with your podcast.
0: Thank you so much. So the last question I want to ask, I ask everyone I interview this, and I think you've kind of touched on it here and there. But what's the one thing we should be teaching young women today?
1: that there's no limits, that there's no boundaries and mm-hmm. you can accomplish anything you've set your mind to. And it, as long as you believe in yourself, you can do it. And you have to be willing to put in the work and there's going to be obstacles along the way, but, um, you know, never accept no as an answer and continue, continue to push forward, continue to break barriers and, you know, continue to, to show the world that, you know, we are equal and we belong.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time again. It was awesome to talk to you and I can't wait to, you know, watch you in the next few years.